All right, friends, don't worry. You didn't think we were going to get through a week without doing a little PGA DFS around these streets here at Stochastic. It may not be the Masters. It may not even be the Sony Open, but it is the American Express. You know what? There's a lot of money to be made. We're going to go through it. We're going to talk about what we got going on, get into some lineup construction, give you some hot takes, and have some fun on this lovely Wednesday afternoon. I'm Ben Rez. Eric Linquist is here despite travel and garage doors and internet and <laughs> Wi-Fi. There's nothing that could keep you from talking about a three-course rotation in the middle of January. Sir, hello. How was hello, the game? Hello. I saw oh you gosh. were uh, taking in oh the finer gosh. things in life. Buddy. Uh, that that I've been to a lot of like NBA playoff games and the last four minutes of that Phoenix Sacramento game was like as good and as loud as I've ever heard a place. It got berserk. And once you saw Kevin Durant start to like act engaged a little bit and then they made the sub in for Eric Gordon just to get shooting out on the floor, it just went bananas. 23-2 run. I've never seen anything like it, but yeah, uh, Jordan Klein was at the Clippers game as well. Glad to get the four and a half covered for me over there. Six and a half for people jumping in late. Beautiful times to be alive, but also what the hell is this field at the American Express? It's good. I, I, it's very good. It's very good. And we're going to talk about some of the big names are here. Obviously, it's an awkward format, but when we see every week, uh, every week, every year, thank God, not every week, that would be a big problem. Uh Let's get into it, friends. I see we got all the yep. regulars in chat. Let's have some fun here. Let's go backwards before we go forwards. The Sony. I'm not going to, oh, you God. know, actually, we both declared, I believe, that we wouldn't be living if what happened happened. I needed Benny on or Keegan to win, and we got a Grayson 40-footer, a missed four-footer. Shouldn't have even got to a playoff, to be honest. It was a tough one, even though it was a good week. It should have been a great week. It hurts, man. I'm not going to lie. It hurts. Yeah, it hurt a lot. And I mean, I had some PGA DFS lineups that did really, really well. Yeah, Thank God. DraftKings. I was sweating. I ended up, I think, fifth in that in the uh, the $10.18 max. I, I, I could go back and double check what it was. I think I won 800 bucks or something on it. But like um, it, it was I had on and I had Bradley and losing both of them and the placement points that a first would have gotten uh, definitely cost me some coin, uh, both in that, the $3 and elsewhere. So uh, it was still a good week. It's hard to like go out of my way to complain when you have profitable PGA DFS weeks because most of them aren't. But um, damn it, uh, I ended up on on pre-flop because of you. I ended up betting Bradley uh, after some of the ball striking stuff and you know, the putter, he just gets so insanely hot with the putter from time to time. And to watch, you feel good for the guy because Grayson Murray got completely lambasted by Rory McIlroy last season at the players meeting. Um, nice for him to get a W. Nice for him to have the story that he had about getting sober. But like everything else is awful about it. Yeah, it hurt. It just hurt. You know what? We good news so far. Short little season. We've been on it. Tools have been awesome, been loving them. We're going to talk about them as well. It, it's really been good on the betting side of things. But man, I wanted that outright. That's a season maker early in the year. Yeah. But we're going to get one this week. So we talked about the Sony Open. I really don't have anything else to say about it. I think on a macro level, I would prefer my guys to have played either the Sony or the Sentry. I want some reps in Hawaii. We go to the mainland here. Any other recaps about the Sony? To me, it played as we thought. Uh, very scorable. Yeah, we are. Uh, they were who we thought they were yes. a little bit. Denny. Uh, little Denny the rip. 
rip to my former Viking guy. I know yeah. he made the quote in Arizona against the Bears, but still, um, those are the things you remember when you're a kid. True. I I remember that. Uh, I remember the Bears being who we thought they were. And this field <laughs> isn't who we thought it was, but we're going to no. go to the courses first. That part is true. We do know about this. So just for people who may be tuning in and they're hopping in, they say, I want to play a little DFS and I'm not paying attention. Well, please pay attention to this. We're talking about a three course rotation. Everybody gets 54 holes. So there is a cut, but even if your guy is cut, he will have an extra 18 holes than he normally would. Everyone plays each course once, then they go back for the, for the obviously on Sunday standard cut. Talk to me about this. You know, it looks like there's going to be a lot yeah. of par fives. They're short attackable par 72s. What do you make of the courses plural? Yeah. So I, I think when I talk about it between the Pete stadium, between La Quinta, between Nicholas course, these are the three courses I've played the most out of any PGA tour rotation. I've been fortunate enough to play Kapalua plantation a couple of times, been fortunate enough to play Riviera once been fortunate enough to play a lot of spots, you know, one time, two times across the PGA tour. I've played Lakita Country Club probably a dozen times, and I've played PGA West, so the, the stadium course specifically, um, the Pete Dye Stadium course, played that about six times, seven times. Nicholas course only played twice, but it's the easiest of the three traditionally. Lakita, um, you know, that's, that's a place that you can really go carve out uh, a number for yourself as well. You do have some very gettable spots. I mean, they're playing golf in a snow globe i mean i just drove by la quinta it's going to be though the snow globe just in terms of like sitting there and not being shaken it's going to be perfect weather it is yep. going to be outrageously low scoring you want guys who make gobs and gobs of birdies because the winner of this thing could push 30 under we've seen that we've seen that in recent you know the 27 unders it's a you know you got to take advantage of the par fives you need to make your putts i don't really look at it as too drastic of a change in the sense that all the courses to me are the same mentality. I, maybe you yep. disagree, but like you, you have to score. It's not like survive here and do this for showdown. I think it's a little more nuanced, but my general thoughts, birdie or better par five scoring putting would be nice. Uh, and, and you got to just, you got to go attack it. Yeah. And you have identical grass types for the three. I think that's yep. the other thing too, where you're not seeing this massive difference between green types, green structures from course to course to course. Sometimes you might get different rough types or you might get something that one golf course has, has a certain grass variant. They're identical across the board. Um, so I, I think that that helps out just kind of being able to know that uh, there's going to be some type of consistency with short game if guys get it going. Absolutely. But Let's not bury the lead uh, because this field is loaded. Yeah. A top tier that is a real top tier. Now, the depth of it, I think you can poke holes in it. We're going to as we work down. But Scotty Scheffler, Xander Schauffele, Patrick Cantlay, and then Sunjay is also north of 10K. I mean, yes, Rory's not here and some of the others are missing, but for what's left of the PGA Tour... <laughs> That's about as strong as you're going to get. Uh, talk to me about your thoughts on, on these elite priced golfers. I want to get your thoughts because I, I've been hearing a lot of chitter, chatter. Scotty Scheffler can't putt. Scotty Scheffler is the worst putter. Um, I feel like it's gotten to the point where now I kind of want to play Scotty Scheffler when it comes to the flip. Like This feels like a spot where we might get him a lot lower owned than you might expect. And maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm looking at ownership across a, a couple of different spots. 
I feel as though whatever it is for for some of the smaller dollar stuff, it's it's not going to be there because everybody has the same narrative. They point to he has putted terrible. There were times at Kapalua it didn't look good, but like these are the kind of surfaces that he can just ball strike it around, make a bunch of five six footers shoot 27 under himself and say, come catch me. I'm the best player in the world. And, you know, obviously if it were a more difficult golf course, this is a spot where uh, obviously you would like Scotty Sheffer exponentially more, but like, feel like the, the, the hate on the putter has gotten overblown because they're just neglecting. He's better at everything else than everyone else. So the thing that to, just to add to that, and again, you never want to bank on this. When you play a guy of that caliber, you're, you're saying I'm, I expect, this guy to be there and to win. Um, but as we saw last week, even with early season PGA, someone random can win. Your your win equity is dispersed amongst your lineup. And that means that Scotty Scheffler and his basically automatic ability to give you a top five, top seven, top eight finish is even more important because if he comes in sixth and can't lay wins, obviously you want to can't lay over Scheffler unless you're double dipping. But if insert Scott Stallings wins, well, now Scotty Scheffler in his sixth or fourth is not a bad thing. In fact, it might be incredibly useful because I think we both are saying, even if he doesn't bring the A game, his top five equity is so much stronger than everyone else in the field. Yeah, and I think the the huge, huge distinction between wanting to play him here and when I was against playing him at Kapalua is like, Everybody got the benefit of ball striking being the easiest thing ever off the tee, got the advantage of everything being pretty easy tee to green. There are still some demanding shots, especially on the stadium course. You're going to get a couple of shots coming down the stretch 17, obviously, where you just got to hit a golf shot. You got to nut up and shut up, as my old high school coach used to say. It's just like, you got to go hit a golf shot, have fun, make a swing. And like, I feel like if people are just going to hit eject on Scotty Scheffler in these kind of circumstances where there's actually some shots that have to be hit down the stretch, you have Scotty coming from behind on you or you have Scotty front running. I feel pretty good about being overweight to him based on like, you know, it, it could be single digit ownership or mid teens ownership in, in small dollar stuff, especially or not small dollar. Uh, I, I bet it'll be higher on there, but in small yeah. field stuff, Scotty Scheffler feels like an elite elite play this week. So when we work down, though, let me ask you this, because there's going to be ample opportunities to have interesting lineup construction. Are you looking to play Scotty Scheffler over Xander, over Cantlay, over Sunjay, or with some of them as a potential double dip north of 10K? See, I, I don't know if I really want to double dip north of 10K. Obviously, we've seen a lot of 6K golfers work out, but we say it all the time. It's hard to know who they're going to be. If there's somebody you have a lean on, like if you think Maverick McNeely, who's the best putter in this field over his last 50 rounds, if you think Maverick McNeely is going to pop at 6,900, he used to be my boy. I'm not going to be playing him this week, but like there is an opportunity to be overweight to them instantly. You also have to know that other people aren't playing him. And so there's, you know, giving up that, that 7K spot, you know, it's going to be 10, 20% owned that has much better top 10 equity. Um, for me, that's, that's always kind of the push and pull of, of discussing that range, but I'm probably not going to double, but for yeah. me, I, I think Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shuffle, are you, are you considering the double dip up top? Uh, I mean, I'm considering it, but I, I think it's going to be more, it's hard to double dip with Scheffler. I know it seems like it's all the same, but it's honestly not to me. Uh, I'd be more apt to double dip like 
Cantlay M and go a little yep. more balanced. But the tricky thing about this, and I want to open it up to the rest of the top tier, you've got Tom Kim and JT and Day, Minwoo Lee, your boy Sam Burns. Like these are these are legitimate players. Now, maybe you don't start with them. I think you can, but they're probably easier attachments to Scheffler. Who in the nines, particularly the upper nines, are you looking maybe to either lead a lineup or be your second man in? JT Poston. I mean, he's going to be chalk. I don't care. I just keep playing him. He's playing so damn good and he is so damn good. Um, talked about it coming into the fall or into the summer. I mean, this is a, this is just one of my guys. I mean, he's been one of my guys for a long, long time. Um, you know, cashing it outright once upon a time at the Wyndham. It was John Deere, uh, ended up hitting that one too. So like I I've been there for some JT post and goodness in my life, but I will say he's going to be insanely popular, but like, I kind of don't care. I I kind of don't. Maybe I need to start figuring out a different plan of action with the 8K range because there's some chalk there that I'm probably going to gravitate towards as well. But like, God is GT Post and playing so well. And this just feels like another spot where you roll the rock and you make a lot of birdies and you like easier setups and kind of checks all the boxes yet again. Played a ton of him at Sony. Don't see a reason to hit eject now. It's hard to argue with that. I think across all, all, you know, fan duel draft, no matter where you're playing, uh, I think that that's a guy that you can work around pretty nicely. I think where it gets trickier is like a guy like Justin Thomas. I said right off the top, I really would prefer one, you know, if you're a top 50 player in the world, you got to play at the century, you could play at Sony. JT is one of the better players in this field who didn't play at either. Do you say, okay, mm-hmm. I it's JT. Like, I'm just going to buy him and Minwoo Lee um, are kind of the wild cards up there. Do you have a take on either of them? He played really well in the Bahamas for what it's worth. Um, the, the Hero World Challenge, talking about Justin Thomas, that is 9,800. That's like 30 dudes out playing ex- exhibition golf. You know, it was yeah, nice to know. see Tiger hit a golf ball around. But like, um, I don't know. I I keep seeing the odds fluctuate like 20, 25 to 1, 20, 25 to 1. It's gone back and forth like all week with him. I think our DK was like 22 to 1 um, when I left Arizona, but uh, I didn't end up firing anything with him from an outright perspective. I don't really see myself getting to a ton of him. Maybe he flips it. It would be awesome to see him flip it. But um, last year was a major colossal disappointment and... I think it's hard for me to to justify playing him until we see any type of form on the PGA tour, as opposed to like, I'm pretty sure Patrick Canley with his course history here is going to hit the ground running. I know that's a thousand dollars more, but uh, Min Woo Lee has been in just elite international form here lately. So $300 less for him. Weird to say this, but I prefer Min Woo Lee here in this spot. I don't know. Just feels like JT, maybe the putter flips. We get the putter to flip. Maybe there's some hope there, but there's just been enough stuff that's been scattered there. We know it'll be a good chipper around the greens. And, you know, if it's not playing incredibly difficult tee to green like we expect, maybe there's a case to be made, but I'm not going to be probably clicking on it this week. Yeah, I, I think, you know, ownership will tell the tale of that as well. And we'll get some updates to that uh, between now and lock, of course. I think on all the sites, though, he's he's about priced, a, you know, correlated for everyone. You know, he's on the fringe of the top five most expensive He's kind of in a dead range, so I do think that's interesting. And you've got two guys right below him that talent-wise, okay, maybe maybe not. Uh, But you mentioned JT Poston playing unbelievable golf. And then I want to ask you about a guy (laughs) 
I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Eric Cole is not in the top tier, but he is the most consistent golf. I mean, he's 17 straight made cuts, I believe. Uh, I, I know we're about to bounce to the mid tier in just a second, but I'm going to, I'm going to make an exception and just kind of include him in this top tier. He is someone that is so consistent. I, I have a hard time paying a thousand dollars more unless there's a significant ownership discount. He lost 1.8 strokes gain around the green. You know, the best part of his golf game traditionally, like his around the green and putter, like I, I can't believe how good he is. Um, Eric Cole has been awesome. This is another one of my guys. Uh, as soon as you saw him play at the Honda, kind of went neck and neck down the stretch there. I think, was it Chris Kirk that ended up beating him out in that playoff? I think it was, but not that it matters here. Well, it's all I just, a blur. Yeah, it's all a blur. Then he goes to his home course there at Bay Hill and misses the cut the next week when I'm way over again. But uh, such is life. He's played so good in these kind of style events. And I think, you know, like a 34-year-old grinder, somebody who's just finding their way on the PJ Tour now, kind of like him in shootouts. Like, that's what you're used to over on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's what you're used to on mini tour golf. You're not out there playing in major championships, trying to grind par yeah. on, on as many holes as possible. These are the kind of spots where I want to play him. The RSM, third there, Fortnet, fourth there, third at the Shriners Children's Open. I mean, he is going to get iron hot, hot, hot from time to time. And yeah, that's that's overall the best skill set he has is he'll gain T to green all with the approach. I mean, his off the T game isn't anything noticeable. It's actually just going to be negative probably as long as he lives. But um, God, is he incredible around the green and with an iron. So Eric Cole, Again, I, I will find other ways to be different if he ends up being chalk as well. Him and Poston, there's just no way that I don't click on them a bunch and just find deviations in other places. And you can do that this week. You absolutely can as we move to the mid-range. We had a couple questions. Jay Miz was saying, what's the weather looking like? Did you guys touch on that? Not really, only because I don't think it's going to be a big factor at all. I don't know if you've seen anything, but to me, I think it's going to be prime scoring conditions and I, I'm not doing much with the weather. Yeah. So, so one thing you can do, and this is something I've done in the past when, you know, I'm I, I able to live bet quite a bit. Um, I I do just pay attention to which course, who is playing where, and knowing that you might be able to get a long shot. A lot of it is baked in. Like, it's not like books don't know that, hey, there are three different courses in this rotation. And this guy is playing the easiest of the three today. Yep. Maybe we shouldn't have his odds set as though he's playing the stadium. But what you can do is because the stadium course is very gettable, especially if like you're a top tier player, you can get depreciated numbers because they tend to be the guys who play it Saturday and Sunday back to back. They want to kind of have like your featured guys playing that golf course back to back days. And I do think it's a little bit of an advantage to play the same track back to back days, keep the momentum have the exact same kind of feels and shots because uh from the tee when you just think about it as a golfer you play the exact same hole from the tee box every single time the thing that changes the variable is always the pin location and so you want to keep in mind that like it's a huge advantage for guys to be playing the same track back to back and it's the one that generally gets the biggest ding of the three no doubt about it i think there are some micro edges and things like that but for overall i'm not overhauling a portfolio or doing really anything nope. in that regard with the weather let's go to the mid-tier but i, I do want to quickly say uh we talked about eric cole a lot he's been on a lot of people's betting cards and i get it i totally get it uh there's no better time to tell you it's been on the screen the whole time that's how important it is <laughs> bet mgm i mean golf is such a good betting sport if you're able to make some wagers Odd Chopper. We have an Odd Chopper Golf channel. Uh, I know we're not doing a ton of content over there right now, but we're definitely going to rev it up as the season goes. And regardless, 
BetMGM is doing something that honestly, you're, you're going to see it all over the place because it's worth noticing for the because it's cause, probably because of the Super Bowl. That's why it's 158. They're yeah. doing the bet and get. And what does the bet and get mean? It means you bet and you get. You bet $5 as a new user. They're giving you 158 in bonus bets, 50, 50, and 58. You're going to be able to change your bankroll with that. Maybe you take some shots that you might normally not do. Maybe you say, I'll be conservative. I'm going to grind it up. Whatever you do with it, it is bonus money uh, and it's an opportunity. So if you are looking to add a new book, if you are saying my state legalized and I, I want to take advantage of the best promos, that's one to take advantage of. The link is in the description. Take a couple minutes out of your day. Get $158. You got to be 21 or older if you have a gambling problem. Oh, 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, 8K range. We already talked about Eric Cole. Chris Kirk's playing really good golf. Shane Lowry, Siwoo, Cam Davis, Batia, Taylor Montgomery, and then Daniel Berger, who could have his own show uh, with the mystery <laughs> that that is. Talk to me about the eights. It's not a load. It's not a crowded range. It's uh, an interesting range, though. It's an interesting range. So first off, I like Cam Davis this week. I'll buy okay. the dip. Um, T52, T30, nothing noticeable over in Hawaii. But like, why are we hitting eject on a guy who still made the cut in both, got more reps than most of the guys in this field, and these are the kind of tracks you want to play him. You want to yep. play him in birdie fest. So I am so blown away. I'm looking at 5 7% in some places. We'll see where everything lands here as we kind of update everything on our end. But like, my dear God, I cannot believe the Camp Davis slaughter because like, if he just hadn't played for the first two events of the year, I think people would want to click on him and be like, oh, he's so good in birdie fest. Again, do not let two tournaments be the say all and end all, especially when the skill set fits what you're looking for on a given week. Couldn't agree more, not just with, I do like Cam Davis, but more so the just the premise of, you're talking about four, six, eight rounds of golf early season. And if you start thinking like this guy, oh, he's not in form, or this guy's amazing, you're really going to be chasing right off the bat. So Cam Davis is that type of player. He's reasonably priced across the board, 9,700 on FanDuel, mid eights here on DraftKings. I have no problem with that. Uh, and it's a different skill set. You know, he's going to outscore his mm -hmm. play some points. He's going to take apart the par fives. That's kind of what he does. And right below him is more of that technical golfer with Batia, Taylor Montgomery, who struck it well, ironically. Putnam, who's been playing some really good golf. He came in 10th at Sony. Those guys are not going to blow you away off the tee, but do you think they can be effective as well? Yeah, Putnam was awesome the other week for me. I I just needed him to finish off well. He ended up being a lot chalkier than I anticipated. Such yep. is life. Was happy to have him on that kind of a, a golf course. This one, maybe a little bit as well. Although for me, I, I kind of gravitate towards other guys in the range. And I want to get one Like, are people going to actually click on Adam Hadwin this week coming off of a miscut? So it was such a bad miscut too. Like he melted late on Friday. Yep. Um, I, he I has think such that's... good course history here. Second, third, second uh, in 17, 18, 19. Hasn't been as good lately, but like last year he gained in every single category. Just didn't really finish it all together. But 18th, nothing to like sniff at. I do think that he he's not going to be, in my opinion, like sneaky. But having a lot of okay. people take notice at Taylor Montgomery I think will draw some of that. You know, you've you've got Taylor Montgomery a couple hundred dollars cheaper. He had 20 more birdies last week. He came in 13th. I think people are going to click that name as well, maybe creating some leverage for Batia and Hadwin. 
He gained 7.1 with the irons. I know. I know. I, I, I can't. If you can't get him to finish top 10, gaining 7.1 with his irons, and that's like the thing you're worried about for, like he can't hit it better. He was flat with the putter, and we generally expect him to gain two, three with the putter. So I guess you can make the case that there's some push and pull there. Everybody talks about this being a putting contest, but Taylor Montgomery is probably my least favorite guy to click on on the entire PGA Tour. Like, I, I don't think I've ever clicked on him <laughs> once. He finished fifth at this event last season. If you want to point to something else, like a third at the Fortinet, ninth at the Sanderson Farms, you know, had some pretty good form uh, in 2022 during the fall swing. Had some pretty good form during the fall swing here, finishing up with that eighth at the RSM. But like, I I think he's just getting too much attention for what I believe his ball striking is long term, which is not good. Yeah, I, so he's someone that I I really believe has utility in the right spots. I'm just not sure it's this. I, I had a little last week. I think he's a pretty interesting bet at around fifty to one because he's got that gear. But I think that. Taylor Montgomery's game is still, I'm not overly sold at where he belongs in the big picture. Uh, and we're talking about making cuts here. So is he playable? Obviously all these guys I, are playable, but I, I prefer Cam Davis. I prefer Batia. But I man. played him at one place ever. So, okay. So I'm looking through, so I take like notes of things that are just interesting. Yeah, yeah, I and I, so. I just sorted, I just put in Taylor and took a look at what I had for it. Last time I played Taylor Montgomery, he shot 75 at the John Deere and missed the cut. So 75, 72. Thanks for coming. Have a nice day. Thought that fit his skill set pretty well. Guess not. Um, Yeah, so I I know exactly what you're saying. For me, it's like if he can gain seven with the irons from time to time, you're going to see him win because he's that good of a putter. But like you still got to get it around a little bit here. There's still a little bit of trouble lurking there at the stadium course to be playing two rounds over there and still have him go berserk. He doesn't exactly hit it short. I think that's like a, a misconception of him. He he still moves it okay um, relative to other guys, but geez, I, I, I can't click on him this week if he's going to be double-digit owned. I hear you. I do. Um, as we kind of work down, I, I, I have to just ask, and listen, I think we're all, or at least this is how I'm taking it, no matter what you hear about Daniel Berger this week, I think you have to treat it with a sense of an unknown guy's coming off major injury and he's, he's back in business here. Are you waiting and seeing, are you saying uh, he's not going to be eight K in a field like this uh, in the future? How do you approach such a random situation? Yeah, we had the same situation last week with Will Zalatoris. And now yes. we have the same sat- uh, situation yet again with Will Zalatoris. Um, I don't, know what i'm going to do with him this would be a spot you would want to play daniel berger right like this would be a theory in theory just a bunch of irons can get just absurd hot with that tailor-made putter i don't know if he still has that that spider x that he used to putt with i'm sure he does that thing worked but um he's he's a good player it's gonna probably take him some time same thing with will z he's a phenomenal player top 10 player it's probably going to take him some time as well daniel berger 20 months off Will Zalatoris, you know, he's been, you know, doing some short game work here over the summer from last year. He's had a little bit longer than Daniel Berger has, but um, God, it's really hard to talk myself into either of them in like a meaningful way, unless everybody's hitting eject. And I know I was talking about the 6K range where it's like, oh, you know, you can easily get leverage on certain things. I would rather get leverage on Berger and Zalatoris because they're just, they, they were once upon a time elite players and they're no longer priced like it, but I think 
on a birdie fest, it's less appealing for me to fire it up as opposed to like if they were 65 and 6,300 at the open championship or something. All right. So, yeah, I, I think my problem, and again, some of this, this is why the tools are so important, uh, is going to be dependent. If for some insane reason, this is not going to happen. If Daniel Berger was chalk, I would obviously fade him uh, and live with the results. Yep. But if it's the opposite, and I think this is more more the truth of what we're going to get, if everybody is coming off a Will Z situation and there's Taylor Montgomery there, it says, you know, Daniel Berger is going to be 1% owned. Do I think I, I can take some flyers? Yeah, I do. But overall, single entry, three max, Daniel Berger is not for me this week. I think there's just, this is a long injury. Like, whew. What what ownership level? I think this is probably the best talking point, best way to look at it. What ownership level would you be mad at yourself for playing Daniel Berger? I'd say over 10%. So anything less than 10, you think that you would want to be you would want to click on his name at least a little bit potentially slash i wouldn't be upset you know if he's seven percent okay. and i play some i'm not going to be angry with it if he's 13 percent, 16 percent, and i i have a healthy clip of him and i get over I'll, I'll be pretty upset to be honest i don't think that's a good idea this week yeah so for me i look at putnam and, and burger and they're just driving me berserk i'm obviously in i'm in my feelings i'm so happy with andrew putnam in a good way um, just finding his way to that T1064 on Sunday. But like if he ends up 20% to burgers two, I'm gonna feel like an idiot. Yeah, um I, so. I, I think 1510, I would be all right being on Putnam pretty heavily. I would as well. Um, and there's just so many other players. Like we're we'll go to the second half of the mid-range right now, upper sevens. Steven Yeager, uh, he says to Eric Cole, I can do what you're doing too. The guy hasn't missed a cut <laughs> in like a year. He's got 18 yeah. straight, I believe. You've got Bo Hostler, Norin, Pendrith, Billy Ho, Aaron Rye. I've seen some sharps on him as well. A lot of names and, and, and some guys that are in form to start the season. Who in the upper sevens caught your eye? Finally, I get to play my guy, Aaron Rye. I haven't yeah, played him yet. And I good. think I'm going to be I think I'm going to be talking myself into a little bit. Um, you know, I talked about him a little bit last week where, you know, we've seen him pop in like two man events. Hard to really know what to, to take from like the two man stuff, but he definitely was striping his irons from from the last two years, I believe, that he's played in that event where I've watched him. But uh, the RBC Canadian, that that's kind of been the thing that that held him down for me, that third place in 2023 here last year. Uh, awesome playoff that we had with that Fleetwood deal, too. Um, the Canadian guy that won, I can't remember off the top of my head. But either who, we are looking at this week for the American Express. I think the irons are just one of those things where, like, it feels like an underrated skill set for me to go out and, and pair guys here. Because everybody wants to pair the putter. And for me, a guy like Aaron Rye, you're probably stealing if you get him to gain two or three. But he can do it. Did it at the Rocket Mortgage. More of a shootout. RBC Canadian. Uh, more than a shootout. Uh, more of a shootout. Valero. Shootout-esque. I mean, uh, TPC San Antonio's got a little bit of teeth from time to time, depending on the wind. But I look at the putter. If I get flat to to one or two with, with Aaron Rye, Across the board, I think he's going to be better than a lot of guys in the range, uh, just about everybody in the range, I would say. And coming from the Euro background, now having a year or two under his belt here, I think that there's people kind of hit eject if they don't see it right away. Sometimes it takes you two years to kind of get situated, get used to the course rotation. So like he at least played here last year. He missed the cut. But I think for me, I just keep finding him to be an appealing option to, to, to click on this week and Pairs nicely with like the the Scheffler. I mean, he's just 
good at everything outside of putting. Uh, Scheffler or, you know, other or iron extraordinaires. I've talked myself into some Shane Lowry this week, so that's going to go very, very poorly for sure. That's a dangerous game. Yeah, I mean, we had a couple questions about, like, really good ranges to target for single entry. I think this range is, is my answer, actually. Uh, I think Jaeger's playing consistent golf. No issues there. Thought Norton was fine last week. I think he's shown the ability to morph his game to go lower than you would think. Uh, mm-hmm. Taylor Pendrith got his year started with a 10th at Sony. Doesn't mean it's automatic, but he looked good. Billy Ho, obviously, you talked about his struggles, um, and he had some, but he's starting around into form. He was 18th. Uh, at Sony. And then you mentioned Rye, who is just a talent. There's no doubt in my mind. And then Shank is actually right below him, who was another guy that played. He played some reps at the Century, uh, 7,600. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make teams that have like four of these guys and then like Scheffler, insert random, you know, Finau, Burns, Ricky, some Poston, types like that, and, and call it a day. Yeah, I love this. I I have a lot of these guys. Uh, upper sevens, low seven, mid sevens. So Bo Hostler, everybody knows I have a Bo Hostler problem. Uh, the irons are the weak point of him, so he's going to fit some different variations of teams. Uh, Southern California guy himself, though, even though he went to UT. I played a lot of golf against him. It did not go well for me. So Bo Hostler, definitely one of my guys that uh, I have to have like that mandatory ownership because if he wins and I don't have him, I will be in shambles. Uh, that's always a good reason to play somebody in DFS. But uh, I want to ask you about Ryo. I, I I don't even know how to say his last name. His set Sunni. Is that how you say it? Sounds, the Japanese guy. Yeah, he's so. I always say if you if you've watched these shows for a while now, you know my kind of yeah my company line with guys like this is I tend to be late, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't know who this is. I I I've seen him play a little bit. Obviously, he's got some talent. He won the Kazoo Open. If you win the Kazoo Open, we know you know what you're doing. Um, but he did play at Sony, and he came in 30th. And he's obviously got something working. I'd say his price is fair. But okay. Go ahead. It please. feels like he's going to have no ownership coming so in that's on him, the, is what I'm that's getting the at. And, link. and yeah. for me, there are two things that have happened. Okay. We only have two events with him with stroke gain data. He's played in four PGA tour, official PGA tour events. He's made the cut in all four. So shout out to him for that. Yeah. You're the goat. Um, but Sony open last week gained seven with a putter and only finished 30th. You know how hard that is for a PGA tour player to hit the ball that badly and only finish 30th gaining seven and gaining 0.3 around the green ridiculous stuff. But you go back to that Barbasol before he gained 5.6 strokes gained T to green and lost 6.3 at the putter. This just feels like a heat check kind of dude, maybe, or we just got to accumulate a sample size because there's That's... you could probably pick holes in just about anybody who has that kind of a skill set. But the nice thing is he is yet to miss a cut. This is obviously the best field that I believe he's played in over the course of his tenure. But like you go to that Kazoo Open Day France, you go to the Zozo T6 there, ninth at the Ned Bank, which, you know, is kind of a nothing world uh, world tour event. But like he's at least been on a streak of good play that I think is hard to really diminish at 7,500 and knowing that he's going to get no attention and we're going to see something of evolve as chalk here. I have my hunches that Nick Taylor will end up being uh, more popular. The guy whose name I eluded me as we were talking about his RBC yeah. Canadian win. Um, you have Davis Thompson who played awesome at this event uh, last season. I don't know if lightning strikes twice, but played decent enough in the fall swing to maybe justify getting some clicks. But if he pushes 10%, it's like, I might embrace some unknown there with some chalkier lineups, like my JT Post and Eric Cole and blank type lineups. 
that's really what it comes down to for me. You just need to know what you're getting into in the sense that you don't know. I don't think you can draw many conclusions about how good or not good this guy is based on what we've seen. He has shown himself to be intriguing at the very first. So he's 21. I think that's important. Like when you're playing guys, I would rather have him be on the on the side of like, okay, he might be getting exponentially better with each start rather than like he's a journeyman who's now landed on tour and his ceiling is is minimal. This guy could be amazing. Uh, and we want to keep buying, but he does have some competition as we work down. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about you have a Bo Hostler problem. The best problem that I have is oh, incurable. Yes. Uh can't quit <laughs> him. Zedenhut over and over and over. Now we haven't seen him. He was also playing, you know, he's playing in South Africa. He was third at Alfred Dunhill. We know he can roll it, we know he can do it at times. He was sixth at Sanderson Farms in swing season. I like the price, but it is Bez, and he needs to tidy up the off the tee game. That is where he gets himself into trouble at times. Yeah, my my favorite play relative to ownership is sitting right below him here, and so we'll see kind of where I end up. But I mean, Avon? everybody knows at the same number, Austin Eckrow is my dude. Um, I'm gonna click on Austin Eckrow again. What a whimper he went out with over the weekend, sixty nine seventy two after sixty five sixty six, putting himself in the in the thick of it. Pretty, pretty awful little Sunday, but that's only one round. And one round does not a player make. Pascal Siakam traded to the Pacers. There we are. That officially came through. Okay. Um, anywho, back to golf. I'm in love with like this $7,100 range. Uh, Bavon, I'm probably not going to end up clicking on in any capacity. But like Ben Coles is just chalk. And now he's not going to be chalk because he finished T52. I don't know what people are doing. This feels like I'm just going to have all of the Cameron Davis and Ben Coles a week or two after everybody had both the guy won the corn fairy tour the corn fairy tour is basically shootout after shootout after shootout then they go to indiana and play like the hardest golf course under the face of the sun and then you know get on the pga tour ben cole's just won corn fairy player of the year everybody played him last week and now nobody's playing him this week because the field's gotten better but the the golf course fits what I think he's going to do better than last week did. This is going to be a 25 under, 28 under, 30 under type shootout. Why are we not playing Ben Coles this week? So I, I love that strategy. First of all, this is something I, I've mentioned as well. Like when those guys, there is a difference between a mindset of, you know, limit mistakes, center of the green, up and down, smart, clean golf, and I got to I got to go and attack. And you just look at the splits. Ben Cole's another guy. Easy courses with calm conditions is exactly what you would want with him. And it's not a coincidence that he's been playing in fields where if you don't shoot 65, you're losing strokes to the field in some of these events. Uh, it's a really good mentality to have early season golf. A couple of names for me before we get into the dumpster. Pat Kazire, I think he can go low mm -hmm. at times. We've seen him do that with the putter. Just has to heat up. I want there's a there is a world where Higo is a mega mind genius play. I don't think it's this world though. Nope, um, nope, nope, nope. nope. I, okay. I'm the Higo whisperer. Allow me to Good, allow me to tell you it is not a Higo week. Good, that makes me happy because I didn't yeah. want to play him to begin with. Good, Go you ahead. don't have to worry about it. Um, there was one shimmer of light in a in a dark dark world unless the driver flips back in a pretty pronounced way because he went berserk with the driver to start off last season i don't yes. think we need to touch it that is that is the higo cheat code yeah, he is a cheat code at times but other than that 
uh, until we crash into the sixes, I don't have a, a ton else. Like I said, I like that upper to mid sevens a little more. You've got Bez. I'm going to tell you on this Ben Coles character, uh, and I don't think he'll be, you know, very, very highly owned. That's about all I have. Uh, Pavone, I'm not chasing. Hubbard, I'm indifferent. Anything else for you in the low sevens? Yeah, I'll have a little bit of Michael Kim. Again, somebody, okay. a Cal Golden Bear making waves on social media. Great putter, um, you know, obviously works really, really hard on his game and uh, hit the ground running at some point for one of the more highly touted amateurs coming out of amateur golf. Just hasn't really found his footing the way you would expect. But we saw some we saw some form in some of these type events. The Charles Schwab finished sixth. That's more, of you know, just your straight up colonial iron type place wells fargo obviously a more difficult track for sure but fifth at puerto rico you're going low there 11th at at&t pebble beach you obviously are hitting irons pretty well there, rolling your rock um there are some reasons i think to to take some sh some shots on him and just kind of like the entire range in general i mean pavon i'm not gonna like besmirch it. i just want to see it more uh stateside if you will um if i'm late to the party on him i don't think that'll that'll ruin my week um, but yeah, 7,100, 7,200 with like a little bit of Mark Hubbard in my life too. This is a range that I'm getting to quite a bit and I'm kind of required to because I'm way overweight to Scotty Scheffler this week. Because yep. again, nobody wants to play Scotty Scheffler. Sounds good to me. Going to be, you might have to go even lower, which is where we're at right now with the salary savers. One other quick thing. We like to tell the people what's going on and you've heard us mention this. We mentioned it last week and I know a lot of people took advantage of it and I hope we saw the screenshots. Uh, our NFL Sims, because it's the playoffs, we have reduced it to a $99 package. It's going to take you all the way up through the Super Bowl. But in addition, want that and you sign up. You're getting this week of the PGA Sims included. So if you want to test them out today, this is the last day to do it. So it's it's now or never. If you want to have that stuff for the Super Bowl, for the playoffs, and to say, you know what? Uh, the PGA season isn't in full swing yet. Let me see what these Sims are about. Uh, like I said, everything's going to get updated and we're going to be rolling uh, I was pretty happy with it last week. Again, it's just one test. If you win, it seems great. If you lose, it seems terrible. That's just kind of the nature of things. It's about the process. And there's no doubt in my mind that the process uh, is sound with these. We've seen it. So use that code DRIVE. The link is below. Save yourself some money if you're going to do it. Uh, last day today. So we just want to make sure you're aware of that. Now, talk to me about the sixes. How low can we go? Uh, we got some real minions down here. I'm not sure where i want to go to be honest mike blindly click chris goddard up again because oh, yeah. i just i miss him i i haven't seen you in a long time mr driver extraordinaire but uh yeah got his card Semikawa. who the hell is I, that guy i i have no clue that's Semikawa. that's a great last name though um Sweetness. do you want to click on some carl you do you do we want to chase because the numbers are pretty good Fourth at the Bermuda from, from the tail end of last season as well, sandwiched in between a T68, which is probably what you're going to get when you click on him now. But like the guy was like a, a shot or two that got a little wayward. Obviously that shot he hit on 18 was absolutely garbage. And the fact that he got a drop where he did, it was absolute garbage, but like he played pretty damn well. And yes, he did. we'll see. Probably click on Bobby Mack again, even though last week I didn't even know he was in the field until we got to the 6K range. And I was like, why is Bobby Mack here? He wasn't in my Sims. And then I just ROI boosted him to shit. And it is what it is. But like uh, Robert McIntyre, I will click on a little bit as well. I honestly don't have a ton of interest, like going below 6,600, 6,700. Scott Stallings, I have like one share of, but that's not going to do anything for me. 
Yeah, I, I don't really find a reason to have to go dumpster diving this week. You just have a much more loaded field. The guys who were 10K, 9K are now 8K, 7K, so on and so forth. Some guys got boosts up because, you know, they're it's just what it is. But like, yep. I'm pretty convinced that you aren't finding anything sub 6,600 that's going to work out optimally or, or in a winning lineup of any kind. It's pretty dire, to be honest. I think that this drop-off, I, that's why I said at the beginning, the depth of this field, I think, can be challenged, not the mm -hmm. top of it. Uh, some names I at least want to throw out there. I thought Toasty played fine, uh, the Argentinian. He made the cut. He fell. He had a 77 in round three. You do that at a, at a shootout, you're done. Um, other than that, though, he was solid. He still had 19 birdies. Uh, he was sixth at the Corn Ferry Championship. He's going to make cuts early in the season. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, there are some names here in terms of just people we recognize from Charlie Hoffman. Johnny Vegas is down here. Adam Long, a former champ. Joel Dahman is 66. Now, I know his putter has been broken, but he did make another cut. He was seventh at Triners during swing season. These are names I think you can consider, but I don't know how often I really want to land in the mid sixes. And I don't see anything at the bottom of the sixes. Uh, I mean, Chez is down there, but... Do I really want to click Chez's name here at 64? Yeah, for Domin being a guy that is a desert dude, Las yeah. Vegas local, uh, he's missed the cut three times playing here. He's I been terrible here. I think that's pretty problematic. And I think there's something to be said, and I, I don't know this for sure. All I know is that going and playing golf in Palm Springs is kind of its own thing because you either really like it or you really don't. And what I'm getting at is like, the putting, like hitting putts on those surfaces are just different than hitting putts anywhere else that I've ever played golf in my life. When you go to Palm Springs, it's almost like its own specific. It's like a POA, but they're slicked out at times. They're slower than you think they should be at times. It's just a, it can be, it can be its own little beast. And Jill Dahman, if he likes like just the true Bermuda, that is not what you get in Palm Springs. And, you know, I know Bermuda surrounds the greens. I know that it's an entire thing. But like, I think for me, Joel Dahman's pretty appealing as a desert golfer on Bermuda. I know that seems like a, a weird differentiation to make, but um, it, it's me just trying to find logic into why the hell he's missed the cut here three times when the fields haven't been this good. And now you put a good field out there and I expect him to play well. I do not expect him to play well. Nate Lashley, I don't hate that shout out for what it's worth. I think Nate, okay. Nate Lashley, um, I believe you said his name just a second ago. He played at the Sony. Who cares if he missed the cut there? Like that that really doesn't mean anything to me. We've seen him kind of floating around top 10 land here a little bit. Third out of Puerto Rico last season. Seventh at the Sony Open coming off of last season before a missed cut. So he's seen the golf course a little bit here. He just feels like one of those guys that I like the skill set. Obviously, it's just approach around the green. Hopefully, the putter can show up to some extent, but like never really hurts you in any kind of a category outside of the putter from time to time. And uh, that's something that we saw some serious form with over the 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 spring season, the 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 summer season, last season. So if you can get it jump started a little bit quicker here, having some familiarity playing here, that's probably as low as I'd be going. Yeah, I just, again, I don't really see the need or what you're getting uh, for really diving here. Uh, let's see. Pick two. Hollywood Hoagie, Adam Shank, or Norin? I'm mad at Tom Hoagie. I, I would could have, have won some Norin. stuff if he found a way to make that cut. He finished one under, and I was in so much pain because I had a lot of six of six last week. I think a lot of people did in small dollar stuff, but like... Um, 
freaking Tom Hoagie, if he got through on one of those lineups, I would have won something really nice. But I'm still going to have to go back to Hoagie. He fits the skill set that's kind of not being utilized as much by the field here this week. I'll go with your boy, Norrin. I, I think Norrin sounds like some fun. Do you like Adam Shank at all? I do. I do. I would kick out your boy, Hoagie. Um, okay. I would have Norrin one. Me. Yeah, it, it's close. I would have Norrin one. I, the other two, you, you could flip a coin, but I would go with Shank. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's tricky. Uh, player pool size, that's always a tricky question because it's really about risk tolerance. Like if, if you lock a guy, then you can you can spread pretty mm-hmm. wide and spray and pray at the bottom or you could go very balanced, have like six guys at 40% and then a couple attachments. So I wouldn't worry about it as long as it it profiles. It's really just case by case basis for me. Yep. Case by case basis. And I would say event by event basis too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if there's, if there is a piece that you feel very confident in, in the mid range or a cheap end, those are the guys that if you can get some leverage, if you can be overweight to a guy that uh, comes from obscurity, awesome. Like Scotty Scheffler, I keep saying, Oh, he's so low on, he's going to be in a quarter of the fields lineups in large or in large field tournaments. He's going to be probably a little bit lower. Like I think there's a real chance that he ends up lower for like the first time ever as you go down in like to in, in like small field stuff, generally you see Scheffler up to like 40% or something. But like when you're playing, when you're just talking about player pool size, it dictates like, well, how, how chalky do you need to be? How many people are in the tournament? Like what, what is your risk tolerance? So many different factors at the end of the day, every slate is going to be different. No doubt about it. And again, if you have more questions on stuff like that, at Eric Lindquist, at JazzRazDFS, follow us on Twitter. We'll be there. We're happy to answer any questions. And if you've made it this far, that like button for us. Make sure you're subscribed to this great channel. We're going to be at 100,000 subs soon enough, but it's hot take time for the American Express. We're each going to give a hot take, see if we can do some damage here. I'm going to get to mine right now. I'm going, (laughs) my man, Christian Bezedenhut. Yes, he's 110 to mm. 1 to win the tournament. That might be too hot. That might be too crazy. He's 9 to 1 for a top 10. He's plus 360 for a top 20. I know that's not life-changing, but that is good plus money on Bez. I'm going to call for him to have a really good week. He's my favorite ladder bet where I'm going to sprinkle all the way up to his outright. Bez has a good week this week. Hit me with a hot take. All right. I'm going to go negative for the first time. I'm going to be a negative Nancy because it's something right. that I thought made some sense. Um, I bet Tom Kim to miss the cut. I Ooh. think Tom Kim, uh, sitting at 9,900, it feels like a click that, you know, you, people want to make it's comfortable. He wins a lot. He has these opportunities. He also plays some really flaccid golf from time to time. And you look at the around the green putter combination. If he had one of them that was lacking, I could maybe overlook it a little bit, but from time to time, that putter completely disappears. Not just looking at the Century Tournament of Champions from from previous, but you know that is the most recent thing. He had won the Shriners. That was his most previous uh, previous outing there. He gained seven point four with the approach there. But his consistency is just not that of like an upper nines, low tens type player, and that's where he's priced at. So I'm very curious to see if his ownership actually ends up being where it's at around the industry, 15 percent. Because I think that's just a full fade automatically. We have it. A little Tom Kim fade to close us out here. Again, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you take advantage of everything, whether you're betting, head over to Odd Shopper, playing some DFS right here at Stochastic, everything in between. But for me, for Eric, and of course, for the man who's been hanging out with me for the past couple hours, Jordan <laughs> Klein, making the show go. 
We appreciate you guys. Some big tournaments ahead. I know NFL is still king right now, but golf is not going anywhere and we're not going anywhere. So we're going to bounce out of here. Good luck. Enjoy the tournament and come back next week. Let's recoup, recap, and hopefully share some big time screenshots. Until then, guys, enjoy. Talk to you soon.